For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, you, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 159 of Blue Harvest, live from the Hoover Sci-Fi and Fantasy Festival. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And uh, we're a Star Wars podcast for any new people here that may not have heard us before. Um, we'll give you guys a quick background on us before we get into what we're going to be talking about this afternoon. Uh, Will and I have known each other... 15 years or so, we met uh, in college. We both went to um, <laughs> Mississippi State. And I actually, I kind of embarrassed Will the first time I met him, because I heard these whispers on the wind that Will was like in the Star Wars. He liked playing D&D, &D, and I got my ears perked up. I was like, oh, he, he likes playing D&D. &D. I got to meet this guy. And so he ended up coming over to a party at my house with a lady he had just started dating. Now, you would think maybe I would play it cool and wait till he's not standing next to his brand new girlfriend to go up and bother him about D&D. Nah, <laughs> nah. I went straight up to him and was like, hey, we're playing D&D &D sometime. Blindsided it with it. Blindsided him with it. It was totally cool. It wasn't embarrassing at all. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it, you used to drive by my dorm and you'd be like, hey, Will, we need to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I man. I thought he was making fun of me. I was like, this dude thinks I'm a total nerd. No, no I, I kind of harassed him. I kind of pursued his friendship uh, a little aggressively, probably. That's how I can be sometimes. Um, so, But we hung out, and I was like, you like the Star Wars? Yeah, it was like, you hey, like the Star Wars? Have you ever seen that movie? Did uh, we just become best friends? Yeah, Step Brothers. You want to go do karate in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of us. Um, so we've been podcasting for about three years now, a little over three. Um, and typically, we talk about uh, the latest developments in Star Wars, news, speculation, theories, things like that. Um, 
we didn't know how really well that would go over in like in front of the audience. So we're gonna do something a little different today. But there is some uh, exciting Star Wars news that actually broke yesterday that there we've is. already discussed. But I don't know, I figured maybe we get you guys' reactions to it. They announced the cast for episode nine, which is crazy to think about considering, I don't know, four years ago, I didn't think we were ever getting, well, wait, what is it? No, longer than that. Longer than Six that. years ago, I didn't even think we were gonna get new Star Wars, and now we're like less than a year and a half away from the end of the new trilogy. I mean, there were dark times when I was like, oh, Return of the Jedi is it. That's talking all the Star about, Wars they'll ever be. Talking about reading books about Luke and, and Luke Skywalker falling in love with a spaceship and stuff. Ugh. Like, dark times. Although I do like those books quite a right. bit. There's some rough ones. Um, but there was some exciting stuff in the cast announcement. You know, the, the usual suspects, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Lupita Nyong'o. So people um, you assume are going to have to be there. Yeah, finish Adam Driver. People like that. But the exciting part is, you know, there was always this possibility that J.J. Abrams was going to do his J.J. Abrams thing. And trust me, I love him. But he's like, ooh, mystery. I'm not going to tell you guys anything. I'm J.J. Abrams. I like secrets. How do you answer a question? With, With a another question. question. So he could have just kept it secret that Mark Hamill was going to be in episode nine, but they put it right there in the uh, cast announcement. They also announced, which I think is probably the best thing we could have hoped for with the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher a couple years ago, that they're going to bring Leia back using unused footage from episode seven, which I think is really cool. Because when you, when you think about it, with that unfortunate passing happening, there's not a lot of options you have. You could go the CGI route or the recast route, which I was never a huge fan of. Neither I would really think is the most appropriate way to mm. pay respect. Yeah, and it, I think it worked well enough uh, at the end of Rogue One, but that was like brief, five seconds, Very 10 brief. seconds, you know? Um, and it worked precisely well for what it was. That, right. That brief shot. That Right, and you could always say like, well, they could just address it as happening off screen, which honestly, that's kind of what I thought was gonna happen. Maybe it would be somewhere in the opening crawl or just through dialogue, but... Uh, which they may do still to flesh out the story right. on top of the footage that they have, because there's no guarantee that it's a large amount, and I can always yeah, see, that's the thing, speculate like, that it's a small amount of footage. The, like, that's one thing like, people need to prepare for. She's not gonna be in it a ton. Yeah. Like, this is not, there's not enough footage that is around to make sure she's in the entire movie. But I, I have, you know, faith that they'll be able to wrap up her story appropriately with some I'm left glad they're footage. using that unused footage, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that it's going to be in episode nine. That seems appropriate, especially <laughs> um, because that was really going to be her story, right? Wasn't episode well, yeah, nine that, that was intended to be Leia's? There was, um... I'm trying to remember what it was. There was like, some promotional material for The Last Jedi. I believe it was their behind the scenes, like making of thing that came out around Comic-Con last year where they said, you know, uh, episode seven was Han's, uh, you know, story. Episode eight was focused on Luke and that episode nine was gonna be Leia's story. Um, you know, that may still be the case in spirit, but I, you know, obviously things had to change with that. Um, the other exciting thing, the thing I'm really excited about is Billy D. Williams back as Lando. Lando Calrissian. Oh, 
I am so excited for that. And that's totally appropriate. You got to get it in. If you're going to get it in, it's got to be this movie. How weird that it's taken till episode nine to get Lando back, right? I, I mean, not save the best for last, but I think it's a good... Right. It's a good inclusion for the last movie of this trilogy. I agree. It's a, it's um, a hype move that's appropriate. It's just one of those things, like when they announced episode seven, I was like, oh, they're getting the band back together. <laughs> I have this story. I tell it all the time on the podcast. Um, back in 2014 or 13, I can't remember which one. It was after they announced the sale to Disney. My fiance, Jesse, and I went to a, a comic con in Pensacola, Florida, called Pensacon, and Billy D. Williams is doing a signing, right? I'm so excited to meet him. I, sign, I, I get there early, waiting for him to show up to his table, and I think I'm going to be Scoops McGee and get the inside track <laughs> on Billy D. Williams, right? So I buy my picture from him. I get up to the table, and I'm like, hey, um, I'm looking around like somebody's listening in you're going to be in Star Wars Episode Seven, right? And he's like, well, I can't really say anything. I think it's going to be more of Luke's story than anybody. And I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I think you're going to be in it. And all he wanted to talk about was dancing with the stars. <laughs> I thought I was going to get some big knowledge on Billy D. Williams and his involvement in Episode Seven, And no, what I found out is he was going to be in Dancing with the Stars. Which is really unfortunate because I'm pretty sure he hurt himself. On Dancing with the Stars. Uh, well, he, told, he, he was very open with us. He was like, I don't know that I can do Dancing with the Stars. My knees aren't very good. He gave it a good shot. And he shot. was walking with a, a cane and stuff, but yeah. he was on a couple of episodes he and then it, had to bow out because gave it, of... Gave it a good shot. Um, Cannot wait to see him return as Lando yeah. Calrissian. That's going to yeah. be awesome. And Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian in Solo really, I mean, really psyched me up for right. having... Billy D return as it, that character. It makes me wonder if they will explore any of the aspects of Lando that we learned about through Solo. Because, like, if you think about it, isn't it kind of messed up that Lando has this uh, attachment to L3? And spoiler alert for anybody that oh, hasn't sorry. seen Solo anybody yet. Anybody that hasn't seen Solo. But judging by the box office, there's probably a few of you that haven't. <laughs> um, Unfortunately so. Yeah. Uh, and so then... I was not disappointed. With no, that I liked it as well. Um, L3 gets all blown up and stuff, and they upload her consciousness into the Falcon. And she is essentially the Nava computer in the Falcon now. Yeah, one with the Falcon. Isn't it kind of messed up that then Han Solo was like, hey, your robot girlfriend? I want that ship. I want that ship. That would be like if I lost my car to Will in a card game, and, he, and I was like, hey, let me, Jesse's sitting in the car. Let me get her out of there. And he's like, nah. nuh -uh. She's really good at using the GPS, buddy. Contents and all, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, but it would be kind of interesting if they... Because one of the things that really disappointed me to the solo performance was that I felt like there was so much fertile ground for stories to be told with where they went with the solo movie, and to develop the relationship between Han Solo and Lando Calrissian to tell more stories about their buddy-buddy right. aspect. And really kind of where we leave it, if this is just where it ends, you know, Han Solo beat his ship up, his brand new ship up. Yes, he did. Getting them off of Kessel, and then was like, I really want that. I'm going to go <laughs> gamble until I get that from him, and then I'm just make off with the ship. Yeah, doesn't that make sort of, and obviously, with the way Star Wars works, they can always fill in blanks of with course. novels, comics, and they things like that. They could do an animated series. That, I mean, right. You can really do anything with that. But doesn't that make it a little weird? Like, if that is the last we see of those characters before, you know, they're reuniting and um, 
empire. Like, doesn't that make their relationship? They knew each other for a couple of days, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, you old pirate! Hey, give, give me a hug." It's like, yeesh. Like, if you, one, if one you is won my, so ready to go. I've known you for 15 years, and if you won my car and a game of cards, it's done. Especially if you took Jesse along with it. It's him. not even like I want it. Like I came for it. I hunted yeah. you. Yeah, I want that Corolla. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I wonder if they will uh, reference L3 in any way. With Lando back, you know, I, it seems like episode nine is the perfect opportunity for them to tie a nice little bow on some of the things they've yeah. established in canon. A little mention from Ray, you know, from Lando to Ray about yeah. how's she holding up or something. Do you know what That'd I want to cool. see? I want to see Nyan Num and Lando flying the Falcon again. That would again. be awesome. It would be so oh. awesome. Um, that would be appropriate, though, because Ray and Chewie may have some stuff to do. Yeah. And then there maybe there's another big battle. Yeah. Uh, would, would, that's a good... What do you think's going on with Episode Nine? Give me your... If you were to pitch Episode Nine, like your quick two-minute pitch of what the, the story is, what would it be? It, the, the pitch of Episode Nine in my heart wouldn't be any good because uh, <laughs> Yoda and Luke Skywalker would show back up as Force Ghosts and have Ray go kick Empire Tail all over the place. But really, I mean, I'm interested to see because I feel like there's a time jump very I think obviously only, coming. Yeah. I think the way that The Last Jedi ended, it really signaled that there was going to be a significant time jump. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I don't three know to five how that's going to pan maybe? out. And, you know, one of the things about all the Star Wars speculation that happens nowadays, there's so much emotion charged into people's expectations of what's mm. going to be in these next films. I've, like, my line has really been trying not to expect too much. Like, I really like to be surprised in the theater, right. and I don't like to be let down from where I tried to force my head cannon to go, what I really wanted to see. Just try to enjoy the movie however it's told to me cinematically right. from Disney's perspective. I was really happy when Disney brought the property. You know, I know there was a lot of trepidation from a lot of people about oh, you know, Disney might ruin it, or Disney's going to... I'm happy with where they've gone. Yeah, I... I, I, I completely dig their storytelling. That's the thing, is like, uh, you know, it was funny, after The Last Jedi and the kind of blowout that happened with that, Yeah, a lot of our friends got, uh, you know, people online being like, oh, you're a Disney shill. You're just, you're going to love anything Disney does. And... We got that to a much lesser extent, and I, like I've tried to stress to those people, like if I was disappointed in a Star Wars movie, there's no way I could hide it. Like you I'm would know it. You'd hear it in our voices. <laughs> oh, and oh our... we just saw the Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh no, man. But like that's one of the unfortunate things about it is because I really enjoyed that movie. I, I did thought too. it was good. I, I... did too. Um, uh, my Same thoughts. Thing with the Last Jedi. I really enjoyed that too. And when everybody's disappointment with it was um one of the things i think we're going to see in episode nine we were actually talking about it this morning when we were getting ready to head out over here uh i think there will be an internal struggle in the first order between hux and kylo i think hux is going to be trying to stab kylo in the back has to be like I, that's i can't think there's no yeah. way hux can that Kylo would allow Hux to run his army that he clearly usurped and right. was taking control of at the end of Last Jedi anyway. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think Hux is going to be cool with... Hux has kind of been he's the never been cool. foil, yeah. in a, in, especially in The Last Jedi. So I think there, that will be going on. And then 
honestly, other than that, I have zero predictions. That's one of the things I liked the most about The Last Jedi is it didn't go where I thought it was going to go, and it didn't leave us where I thought it was going to leave us. So, like, to me, Episode Nine is a completely blank page, and that's exciting to me. And me like, too. Like, you know, in the lead-up to Episode Seven, it was almost easy to figure some things out. Like, I remember us talking, being like, I think Han Solo's going to die in this one just because it made so much sense. Like, Harrison Ford famously wanted Han Solo killed off in That's uh, what, that, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that was my indicator, was that right. Harrison Ford wants to put this one in the ground because he's tired of playing <laughs> he's Han He's tired Solo. of the questions. I hate to think about that because Han Solo is one of my favorite characters, but he's knowing... He's so grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> he can be so grumpy. <laughs> Indiana Jones, rawr. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Seeing him come back for the next Indiana, Indiana Jones is going to be interesting. Looking forward to that as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know going forward, like it, it leaves a lot of space open for them to explore, and and you know, The Force Awakens caught a lot of flack for um, being a reboot or a rehash of A New Hope, which An homage. You know, I, I can on like when you watch it, it's kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, they they follow some New Hope story beats. But I also kind of think it was the necessary move to reintroduce Star Wars, and like. We're, you know, known for being a podcast that enjoys the prequels. I know that's kind of a divisive issue among Star Wars fans, but, you know, the general public did not have the best view of Star Wars after the prequels. They were kind of, it was kind of a, a, a punchline at times because of the prequels. So I think it was important to reintroduce Star Wars in that way to get those people that maybe weren't uh, into the prequels, back into the fold, and then you, you saw the success it had, over $2 billion at the worldwide box office. Like you said, they really kind of had to. Yeah. It's a way to tell a story to make people feel like coming back home yeah. into the same spirit as the original Yeah, and, and what's interesting is since Last Jedi and since Solo didn't do great at the box office, I see a lot of people like writing into our show or, or hitting us up on social media and wondering like, oh, will Episode Nine be the the movie to reunite the fan base? Nah. I doubt it. No, you can't please everybody. And like, honestly, do you want to please everybody? Do you want it to just be pleasing to everybody or do you want them to take risks? Personally, I want them to take risks and and do stuff I don't expect. I don't think good art comes from pleasing everyone. Right. I don't think good art comes from pandering to a certain corner of the fan base. I think... You know, to make really good cinematic art, you have to push the boundaries. And right. I think that's what Last Jedi did. Uh, too much so for some people. Oh, yeah. But that's what you have to do. You c- because you're going to fall back into that original cr- criticism of The Force Awakens where, oh, this is just a reboot or a right. rehash. If you keep telling the same story over and over, it's not going to be creative in any aspect. Um, do you think, this is something I've been wondering. So if you guys don't know, there was this early draft of Return of the Jedi where Yoda and Obi-Wan came back to life in the end. Like, they came back to physical form out of the Force, after they became one with the Force, and they helped Luke in his confrontation with uh, the Emperor and Vader at the end of Jedi. And I remember, as a teenager, reading that draft of Return of the Jedi and being like, that's goofy. I'm glad they didn't do that. It's real anime, or real comic book. Well, it makes me wonder... You think they might do something like that with Luke? Oh. I don't know, uh, man. I don't think so. I don't think so either, but 
Star Wars, even in the Disney era, is one of those things that kind of likes to, no idea gets left on the table for too long. Like with Rebels, the animated series, so influenced by like early Ralph McQuarrie art designs. True. Like the character Zeb was an early design for Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Um, so I could see, I don't know that they would, but I could see that being a concept that they're like, oh, can we mess with that? I think they will shy away a little bit from pushing the force powers. I really? think they revealed so much kind of new aspect of what the force can be or do in The Last Jedi right. with the force projection and some of the other stuff. I don't think they'll push that boundary any further, much further, at least right. for the time being. I guarantee Ryan Johnson and the guys from Game of Thrones will push the boundaries on force powers when they're I'll tell you what, I am super excited for episode nine, you know? Yeah. But those other two trilogies fascinate me so much. Me too. The idea that we're getting two trilogies with all new characters set in a new area, area of the galaxy is so fascinating to me. Just, they have their own sandboxes. There's yeah. nothing to adhere to. There's nothing to carry on. There's no expected premise right. to wrap up. You can tell you know, uh, brand new stories from any aspect that you want to. And the thing is, is like in some interviews with Ryan Johnson, he's mentioned like trying to distill Star Wars down to what it is at its core. And that's an interesting idea to me because the, the fun thing about doing the podcast is hearing from different people and what Star Wars means to them, what draws them to Star Wars. Things that I'm not all that into, like the different types of stormtrooper armor and all the different arm, like variants and stuff, there are people that are crazy about that stuff. Some people love, you know, to build Mandalorian armor. Right. Armies of Mandos, you know, that, that really hone in on that one aspect of the culture, which is fantastic. Right. And then, you know, it, it makes me wonder, like, what is Star Wars at its essence? Like, of course, you've got the Joseph Campbell hero's journey thing. I think that is an integral piece of Star Wars. The idea I also of a think, science fiction western. Yeah, the serialized, like, throwback Op space to... Space operatic... Yeah. Adventure. Yeah. Fantasy mixed with sci-fi. Um, but that makes me wonder, like, there's certain elements we're not going to see in the Ryan Johnson trilogy that we're used to. And what are those elements that we won't see? Will we not see lightsabers yes, that, or Jedi? That was going to be my next point. I wonder where in the timeline it's going to be mm -hmm. and how that's going to affect the technology that's present in the storytelling. Right. You know, lightsaber technology, even hyperspace technology, may take right. a much longer time to travel space mm -hmm. in Star Wars history than kind of zipping about the galaxy that they do with the current hyper, hyperdrive. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, I think when I first heard it, the thing I immediately was hoping it would be would sort, was sort of a ancient history of the Jedi. Like, why you do know, I want that so much? I, I tell you why we want ancient that. It's because we didn't have Star Wars for so long, so we had to read Tales of the Jedi <laughs> comic books, and we had to play Knights of that's, the Old Republic. That's what it was. And we came super attached to those two things. At least that's it for me. So, you know, I know both of those aren't considered canon anymore, but at some point they will definitely... Well, they've been, they've been peppering some of the legend stuff into mm -hmm. They canon. definitely have. Uh, you know, with Thrawn with a bunch of the other stuff that they've used so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think they'll definitely do that at some point. I can't see them not wanting to capitalize, because I think there's a huge section of the fan base that like those, that like Tales of the Jedi or Knights of, of the Old Republic. And it's fascinating, the fascinating ancient and, history of the Jedi and, and stuff. And For like people our age, like I said, headcanon. 
Like that's part of our headcanon. Yeah. So you know where they're going now, I really have to rewrite some of that. And sometimes Hawes and I will go back and forth and I'll be like, Hawes, is this, is this still canon? Because, am I just referencing yeah, a part of my mind that... It's hard to keep track of now sometimes because I spent so long digesting everything Star Wars books, comics, video games. And then they were like, mm, I don't know if we really want to use that stuff anymore. So yeah, it takes a while to like sort everything. But I like that they're picking the good stuff out of it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's cool that they're bringing stuff like Thrawn back into canon. And, the story and about like the that. Knights of the Old Republic that was so cool was the ancient history, mm -hmm. the history of the Republic, the history of the Jedi Order. Oh, that was super compelling to me. And that's kind of what I want to see out of some of these things. And I know I don't, I don't want to rehash. I don't, right. I don't want them to retell those stories, and I know they won't be, but that ancient, not ancient, but, but it says a long time ago in a galaxy right. far, far away. Well, what was before that fascinates me, thinking of... Well, like, you know, there's, there has been little clues here and there about Star Wars history, especially in some of the newer stuff. And, yeah, like and The Last Jedi alone. Like, yeah, I mean, there, I mean that's, that's... That's major hinting at Star Wars history to me. And you know what? That was one thing that going into The Last Jedi that I expected them to cover more. Like, Rey is on Octo, Octu, however you want to say it, which is established as the site of the first the Jedi first temple. Jedi I was like, temple. oh, the last Jedi is going to be a history lesson. Nah. No. They, they did, th I mean, there are some Easter eggs and things that if you go through the visual dictionary and read up on, you can find out some cool stuff. Even the sheer concept of the ancient first temple, the sacred text, mm -hmm. the prime Jedi, that's right. all, really, you know, force history, which I'm down with. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like in Star Wars Rebels, they established a Sith history in there. A little, but there, there's this lightsaber that showed up in the Clone Wars. Uh, this Mandalorian named Pre Vizsla had it. it. Was a black lightsaber, and at first I was like, "Oh, edgy, edgy black saber! Come <laughs> on, guys, you go go to Hot Topic and get that black lightsaber." But it was really cool. It, I know, it man, cool. it grew on me real bad. I, you're looking at it, and you're like. I'd take it. Yeah. I'd take that saber. Well, kind of katana looking. I was down. Then they sold me. They 100% sold me in Rebels when they established that the dark saber belonged to the first Mandalorian Jedi. There's a guy named Tar Vizsla, and after he died, they displayed the bla the dark saber in the Jedi Temple, and the Mandalorians raided the temple and stole it. Like that's like some stuff I would have come up with in eighth grade. Yeah, I'm all about that first Mandalorian, Mandalorian Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things we wanted to talk about today is one of my favorite George Lucas stories. Like, that is one thing I miss. Like, I know a lot of people are like, I don't know about George Lucas after those pre prequels, but he's such an eccentric, interesting guy. And like, if you listen to him in interviews, like, there's some gold that you it's can very, find in those. It's very endearing. It's like old yeah. Uncle George. Old Uncle George with his... Have you guys ever seen George Lucas's shoes? It is something, I don't know why, my buddy Steele and I are fascinated with George Lucas's shoes because he wears the daddest white Nike shoes. Oh, They're no. always dirty. He'll be like in a suit and stuff at a premiere and it's dirty white Nikes. I love that dude. Eccentric but it's Uncle George. He can yeah. wear those white Nikes if he wants to. Um, and you know, Something sort of recently came out where he was talking about like what his plans for the sequel trilogy were have been, and he was talking about some microbiotic universe they were going into. And I was always wondering, is he picking at us or playing, or is he really serious about... I can't ever tell. I can't ever tell when George Lucas is messing with us or if he's being sincere. And the story I want to talk about 
this afternoon is one of those cases where I can't tell if he's being serious. Really? Right. I'll, I'm anxious. So, speaking of that, he mentioned like that's kind of the reason. Well, one of the reasons he got rid of the company was why would he want to make another three Star Wars movies to just get beaten down by the fans and stuff? Uh, yeah. And I, I think he's being a little salty there. Because I think I, through this, I think I've figured out what he was really thinking. He, he took it really hard. So I want to take you back in time. Okay. The year is 2011. <laughs> Easy to get that little. Right? Do you remember the, the Mayan calendar scare? Yes. You know why I know you remember? 2012, yes. Because you thought it was going to happen. Hey, I, <laughs> prepare for all contingencies, all right? Yeah. I was ready. I had bandages and food, just in case. Well, it also fell on your birthday. It was. It was my birthday, gonna too. End on my birthday. The world's going to end on my birthday. Oh, my goodness. The world's going to end on my birthday. I always liked the Mayan calendar thing because it sounded like an Indiana Jones adventure. Right. That was, right? It sounded just mystical enough that it might be true. Right. Well, you know who else was really into the end of the world Mayan who thing? Who is that? George Lucas. Really? Yes. So <laughs> this comes from who, depending on what he was up to that day, might not be considered the most reputable source, but this comes from Seth Rogen. Okay. <laughs> oh no, George Lucas. <laughs> All right. And Seth Rogen was in a meeting with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. He doesn't specify what, what the meeting was for. Mm. Well, there's a mystery in itself. That right? would be fascinating. Right. He was in a meeting with him when George Lucas apparently starts going off about the end of the world happening with the Mayan calendar. Okay. And I've got a quote here from Seth Rogen. He says. He's going on about the tectonic plates and all the time Spielberg is like rolling his eyes like, my nerdy friend won't shut up, I'm sorry. <laughs> I first thought Lucas was joking and then I totally realized he was serious. And then I started thinking, if you're George Lucas and you actually think the world is gonna end in a year, there's no way you haven't built a spaceship for yourself. So I asked him, can I have a seat on it? He claimed he didn't have a spaceship but there's no doubt there's a Millennium Falcon in a garage somewhere with a pilot just waiting to go. It's going to be him and Steven Spielberg, and I'll be blown up like the rest of us. <laughs> now, let me, can you imagine you get the opportunity to be, first off, if I was in a meeting with George Lucas, I wouldn't say a word. I, just, oh, 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 I really like what you did with Star Wars, Mr. Lucas. Uh, really means a lot to me. Uh, Big fan of Willow. <laughs> oh, man, Willow was a delight. Uh, Howard the Duck, I don't know about that one, but you know, I still think you're awesome. Uh, he, uh, can, but can you imagine? You get invited in, a, in a, uh, a meeting with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, and all he wants to talk about is the end of the world and how the tectonic plates are going to shift. And I, wasn't there a movie called 2012 that that was pretty much the plot to? Pretty much, yeah. More I think maybe George watched that the night before and thought it was a documentary. It had um, old Cusack in it. Yes. Um, but even if he doesn't have a spaceship, I guarantee you he's got a bunker. Like, oh, yeah. You know, one of those, I don't even say backyard There's, bunker. He's got ranches. I bet he's got uh, a Resident Evil underground umbrella oh, yeah. corp. Oh, yeah. There's the, the, when the time comes, he's going to show up at, at Skywalker Ranch, and all the Disney people are going to be like, George is here. What's he for? And he's going to go and push a button, and a secret staircase is going to open, and see you later, George. Uh, going underground, guys, y'all are all welcome to come in, whoever will fit. It's going to be him and Kathleen Kennedy, and he's going to be like, you messed up. 
That's not what in. I would have done with that. Like it's going to be 20 years waiting for the nuclear fallout to go away with just George <laughs> Lucas lecturing Kathleen Kennedy about how she messed up the sequel. 30-year-old Chef Boyardee ravioli. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, uh, I, I love stuff about that with George. Like, he'll say whatever comes to his mind. I, if I'm not, somebody asked him who his favorite character was. I was just going to bring that oh, up. Ring? Well, then take yeah, it away. There was a... There's a convention every two years called D23. It's a Disney-centric convention. And two years ago, or four years ago, whatever, he was awarded... A number of years ago. Yeah, he was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award from Disney. And he just kind of went up there and clowned on Disney for 45 minutes. Like, he was like, people always wonder who my favorite Star Wars character is. Well, it's Jar Jar. And I based Jar Jar off of Goofy. So if you have a problem with Jar Jar, you got to have a problem with Goofy. I think he also referred to Disney as white slavers in an interview. So George gets salty about Disney. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's do a little thinking here about George. George thought the world was going to end in 2012. Right. What also happened in 2012? You got me. He sold Lucasfilm. Oh. This is why I wonder if maybe he, he was. the world's going to yeah, end, he like, so he sold Lucasfilm? I'm just going to get rid of this, get $4 billion, and go build my spaceship that Seth. He oh, didn't think goodness. about the spaceship until Seth Rogen brought it up. He's like, oh. I wonder if $4 million could build me a spaceship. Should've, On the phone with Elon Musk and stuff. Should have really bought that spaceship. <laughs> so I think he sold Disney because he thought the world was, or he sold to Disney because he thought the world was going to end. There may be like a super rich company that's building spaceships for super rich people, and you just buy a ticket on it, like the like a lifeboat. It's that who's that guy? Uh, Richard Branson. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that yeah. would do that. Him and all his rich buddies flying into space, yeah. listening to David Bowie and stuff. If the world really does end, we'll save you. Yeah, not us though. Not us. No, I'll, I'll strap myself to like an acne ro acne be, rocket from the Looney Tunes. I'll be sitting in a lawn chair with my sunglasses on, watching it come right for me. We'll build a bunker. Build That's a bunker. what we'll do. We'll build a bunker, and I'll set it up. Invite George Lucas. <sighs> He's not got time. He, I would annoy George Lucas in a bunker so bad. <laughs> be like George Lucas. Uh, what about Boba Fett? Like it would take me probably two years to get comfortable being around George Lucas. Year three would be a nightmare for him. Oh, wow. He'd be like, I can't take this kid anymore. I'd rather I'm live going outside with the mutant zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of here. He won't stop asking me about uh, parsecs and uh, how fast uh, the Kessel Run and uh, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What would be crazier to you um, if they decided, this was one of the things we saw a lot of speculation about, which I knew was never going to happen, but people really held on to, oh, Disney bought Star Wars and they're going to remake the prequels. Do you I, really think that would happen? I still think it'll happen. You I don't, do? Yeah. I, I, have no I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, but I think, you know, in the next 20 or 30 years. Really? I do. I really think they will. I, I because think they've rebooted everything. That, well, see, that's what I was going to say. I think maybe at some point, a Star Wars reboot at some point is inevitable. I almost feel like the other two trilogies that they're working on might be them exploring how to do new Star Wars without rebooting Star Wars. I mean, like if you smart. can set it off on some other side of the galaxy with different characters that isn't related to the original trilogy or prequel trilogy, then, and those take off, then you don't really have the need for a reboot, I feel. 
even if you don't, nostalgia will, I think, I, I mean, this is my personal opinion, will encourage people to do it sometime in you the future. You think so? Because once the, once the property feels like it's getting stale, once they're not seeing the profits and returns on Star Wars, they will yes. try to bring it back and freshen it up in a way that people will come back to it again. Yeah. I'm going to be real bummed when that happens. Maybe it takes so long to happen that I'm not even around anymore, but I, that's one thing I'm, I'm really not interested in as a Star Wars reboot. And I wonder if it, you know, you know, George is the original creator. He has the right to tinker with the property as much as he wants to. But I think also the fact that he's tinkered with it a little bit in the special editions and stuff like that will push people to want to reboot just to see what they can get from scratch to, right. from the beginning. Right. So pieces don't feel maybe patchworked or glued in or anything like that. Uh, speaking of the special editions, it's looking like we are getting closer and closer to Fox and Disney merging. Right. Yeah. So there was some uh, shareholder meeting yesterday, and both Fox and Disney agreed to the deal. Now, I saw a lot of chatter online where people were like, oh, great, we can add the X-Men and the Marvel. Yeah. So we don't know what the deal is. We just know they reached Oh, we know it is for a, a lot of money, something like $60 billion or something. It is agreeing to agree? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically them saying, like, okay, we are locked in on this deal, and now they have... The thing is, is it's not like they can immediately start using the, the Fox properties or immediately put out yeah, the unaltered... Out negotiated price, I imagine. Well, not just that. It's not a done deal. They have over a year of, like, international regulatory commissions to get passed and stuff. But I think it does open the door to eventually we might see the release of the original like Star Wars movies. I don't know how true or how likely that is. Um, you know, there were rumors, which we never heard confirmation of, of like one of the things that George said when he sold to Disney was like, don't like the special editions are the versions of the movie I Untouch want out them, there. don't touch right. them. Right. Now, was that ever confirmed? It wasn't, but it's a possibility. I know that's something I mean, that people really want. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, you know, the special editions are one of those things that I fall on a case-by-case -case basis. I like some stuff. I don't like other stuff. Right. I think some stuff is Some of is those scenes neat. add something. Some of the other scenes seem a little forced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, for just nostalgia purposes... Would I buy the unaltered originals? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would check them out. I it's would. been forever. Like, I'm not going to haul out a VCR to watch my old v VHS tapes. No. That takes too much time. No. Maybe Plus watch them on LaserDisc. I don't want to damage them any further by watching them because they're so old. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, so we got a little bit of time left. I actually wanted to take a second and give a shout-out to someone. We have one of our oldest listeners here who came all the way from Maryland to check out our live show. He's sitting right up here. He's our buddy, Joe. Everybody give him a quick round of applause. I, uh, when we announced this on the podcast, because like, you know, we can see where people listen from with our stats and stuff, and we have some Alabama people, but not a lot. And I was like, well, you know, like, we don't expect any of you guys to really come. And the next day, I had an email from Joe that's like, just book my flight. I'm on the way. <laughs> so that was really cool. We that's appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Um, if you guys uh, are interested in checking us out anytime in the future, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. 
We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can check us out. Um, we've got pretty much any of the social media platforms where you guys would be able to find us. Um, is, is, so th before we go, <coughs> I wanted to ask you, and I'll answer myself, what is the one, so you know, there was a lot of news after Solo came out and didn't do so good. And we bring this up from time to time on the show. Um, and they, you know, after that came out, there were some rumors and stuff that came out that said, no more standalone like side movies. Disney's done with it. And Disney came out and kind of clarified, like, no, that's not exactly the case. But you don't take that kind of financial hit at the box office and not at least re-examine it. Pump your, some brakes and rethink yeah, things. Yeah, re rethink things moving forward. So let's take it under the idea of they're still going to do standalone movies. What's the one standalone movie, one character focused movie you'd like to see? Oh, that's tough. I'm going to leave this one out just because I think it, it's already in the works. Right. Is the Obi-Wan movie. Yeah. I, I, Obi-Wan's one of my favorite characters. Mine too. And I think that that um, would make a great movie, but I'm going to leave that out because I think it may already be coming. Uh, it's a toss-up for me between a Cad Bane oh, that would be kind so cool. of heist mm -hmm. bounty hunter movie um, or like a young Qui-Gon Jinn movie. I think Young Qui-Gon Jinn would be awesome. Those would be really cool. You know, they announced last week at Comic-Con that there's a, a book coming out from Claudia Gray, which if you guys haven't read any of Claudia Gray's books in the new canon, they are phenomenal. She did Lost Stars, Bloodline, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I can't uh, uh, recommend any of them enough. They're so good. Um, but uh, she's putting out a book called Master and, Prenti uh, Master and Apprentice, that is about uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, hmm. young Obi-Wan. I think That'd that's cool. pretty cool. That's something I yeah. want to check out. Um, you know who I want to see in a spinoff movie? Who is that? Ki-Adi Mundi. Ki-Adi Mundi. You guys know who Ki-Adi Mundi is, right? Guy with the big old head? No. Nah. Uh, I mean, obviously, mine is Boba Fett. And we, we went to California this year. And while we were in California, the news broke that James Mangold, the director of Logan, was in works to possibly direct a Boba Fett movie. And some of my friends were hitting me up on my phone, and I, and I said to them, I'm not getting too excited yet. I'm not letting my hopes get up. Um, there's some really interesting stuff with the Boba Fett movie that happened previously. There's a director named Josh Trank, who directed a movie called Chronicle, who was hired then to do The Fantastic Four, and then after that, which was awful, awful movie. <laughs> And then after that, he was hired to direct an unannounced Star Wars movie. And he had some problems behind the scenes. Like, and he, needless to say, he did not end up making his Star Wars movie. And if you want to hear a really interesting bit of information, I can't recommend an interview that our buddy Steel Saunders did on the podcast Steel Wars with Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly. And... Anthony Bresnikin said that at the Star Wars celebration where they debuted the first teaser for Rogue One, they had a teaser ready to go for Boba Fett, but they didn't show it because Trank had just been fired. Oh. He didn't make it to that panel. So they were really close to making that Boba Fett movie. So I lost the opportunity once. I wasn't going to let myself get too excited and lose the opportunity again. And then you know, three weeks later, they're like, oh, all standalone movies canceled. So, um, 
Talk about not getting your hopes up. That's I think a it good would, idea. I think it, there is a cool movie to be made with Boba Fett. There's a cool movie to be made with even the whole bounty hunter ensemble. Right. All the bounty hunters Let me see from some Empire IG, Strikes IG-88. Zucka, Sporlone, Dengar, Bosk. What's that thing on Dengar's head? It's, it looks what like is a that all about? Maybe a space turbine. I think it's, is it called a baklava? It's like a ninja mask, like a military I mask? I have no idea. Balkava? Well, how do you say that word? Not, you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. It's not baklava. That's the tasty. That's, uh, that's, that's a thinly doughed. That's pastry. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking pastry. about. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of um, cool stuff that they could do with that. And I think it might write some of... Have you noticed the, the Boba Fett backlash in the last couple of years? No, what Boba Fett Man, People online hate Boba Fett Why? all the time. I don't know, because I think he's rad. Yeah, he doesn't do much, but he looks awesome. Well, see, that's the thing. Boba Fett has kind of taken on his own persona of being an awesome bounty hunter. We don't have a whole lot, a lot to, to base go with. that on. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, he was awesome enough to run down Han Solo, but... Yeah. It just bums me out because I remember I know he's disintegrated when somebody, I was a maybe. kid, like going to the comic book store, everybody was about Boba Fett. There were limited edition or like limited run comic books and you could never find Boba Fett figures anywhere. And now like he's the butt of a joke. So that's why that's one of the reasons I want the Boba Fett movie is so like people are maybe it'll turn people around a little bit. Well, guys, that about does it for our time. Uh, I want to thank all of you for coming out so much. This has been awesome. Uh, thanks for dealing with us being so nervous and stuff. Thank you for taking the time um, to come see this show. We really appreciate you. I want to thank the Hoover Public Library and the That's staff true. that put this together for having us. We're honored to be here. We appreciate it so much. Um, and we have another thing at 3 in the public lounge. So if you guys are inter interested in that, we'll be there. And um, we've got stickers and stuff. If you guys see us, we've got all kinds of stickers and stuff to pass out if you're interested. So. Thanks again, and uh, may the Force be with you guys. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.